Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Celtic says Sky pundit Chris Boyd has spoken to Captain Callum McGregor about the former Rangers strikers post-old firm comments last week and agreed they were a poor choice of words. The matter has been put to bed, says McGregor. There's still a point between the top two in the Premiership after a sensational Sunday, John Hartson, in which Celtic and Rangers between them scored nine goals without reply. Yeah, it was two very good performances. I thought from from the both clubs. I think Celtic in the mo- in the morning, the early kickoff, was just scintillating at times against Motherwell. Scored some great goals. Tom Rogic who'd been away, he comes back in, starts. He was outstanding again. Maeda got a goal. Um, so four um, nil, which is not an easy place to go. You know, Motherwell at the best of times, as I found out in the past. Um, and then Rangers have to respond later on in the afternoon. And um, although it was 1-0 at half-time and Hearts had a chance right after the when they came out for the second half, I still think it was very, very convincing. And then Rangers went on to win five. Another good performance. So 13 games to go, all to play for. It was a good response, wasn't it, from Rangers, Crags? Because not just to what had happened the previous Wednesday, but what happened just a couple of hours before, mm. it ratcheted up the pressure. They, they didn't just have to win, they had to win with a bit of style, which in the end they did. Well, they did. And I don't think many people would have uh, envisaged beating Hearts 5-0 considering the season Hearts have had. So that certainly will have buoyed the management, the players and the staff, uh, sorry, and the supporters just because Wednesday's performance was so poor. It was so far off the pace. Uh, yes, Celtic were very good, but it was probably a case of Celtic being very good and Rangers being very poor. So the gap looked an awful lot bigger. Uh, but yeah, listen, simply it was about recovering, simply about winning the game and stem within a point. That's the bigger picture for Rangers. They're one point behind. 13 games to go, one point behind. Everything wasn't lost last Wednesday night. Of course, there's a frenzy around an old firm game. Any game as a Rangers and Celtic player you lose, there's a lot of frenzy and a lot of criticism around it. The players took it on board and got the, the all-important three points. This is Tuesday. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Uh, not bad. And that <laughs> means uh, that the Premiership is back in action. Uh, just as we're reflecting on what happened on Sunday, and it doesn't really feel that long ago, uh, we are off and running uh, again with uh, another full set of Premiership games this weekend. And in terms of the, the top two, it's Celtic at Pataudry uh, tomorrow night to play Aberdeen and it's Rangers at home to Hibs. So uh, very interesting indeed at the top. We'll talk about those games in a minute. But let's get straight to uh, what Callum McGregor said uh, today. you remember Chris Boyd's uh, comments after... Uh, Celtic had blown Rangers away. Uh, McGregor, of course, was wearing the mask, which enabled him to play with a a double fracture of his uh, cheekbone. 
Uh, you remember what Chris Boyd said on the back of that. Well, this was uh, the Celtic captain at today's media conference. Listen, obviously, when you you know you first see the comments, it's, it, it doesn't make great reading. So, firstly, that's you know that it doesn't look good in that sense. But you know, obviously, it's been sort of rectified um, since then, and you know we've had a chat as well. So, you know, it's put to bed now. It's it's absolutely fine. We just move on. You know, I think he recognises it was a poor choice of words in, in the beginning and. You know, for me, then, you know, that's it. We'll have a chat, we move on, and, and it's cool. He didn't say uh, that there had been an apology, but you would imagine that that's kind of built into what he said there. If there's an acceptance, Craggs, that uh, that Chris Boyd had used the wrong choice of words, then that, that would be tantamount to holding your hand up and saying, I got that wrong. Yeah, well, he's, you know, first of all, I think it's it's man enough of him to go and do that. You know, if he feels that there's been a, a misunderstanding or it's been misinterpreted, then you've every right to make a phone call. Um, to Callum McGregor I think Callum McGregor has treated it very professionally he's dealt with it the, the best way he doesn't want any anything to linger I think that's the important thing Callum, Callum McGregor is very uh, clever about it all put it all to bed don't answer or don't respond to it and then suddenly it gathers more momentum and it stays in the press a little bit longer you know what Chris Boyd meant I, I have no idea and that's being honest because what we should say as well is that, the, 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 opinion. that these were comments in the Sun in his column in the yeah. Sun newspaper as well it wasn't these weren't comments he made on yeah. I described him as a Sky Pundit which he is yeah. but the comments that, that caused Celtic a bit of consternation were the ones that appeared in print in the Sun yeah so I mean nobody really knows the intentions of the comments or what they were about apart from Chris Boyd so we don't really have a say on it. We can read it and you can think, does it mean this, does it mean that? Ultimately, he's dealt with it professionally because he's went to Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor, I've got to say, you know, he's put it to bed, no distractions. They've got a big job on. They're going to try and win the league title. He doesn't want these kind of things lingering or getting in the way, obstacles in the way. So, um, you know, Chris ha has said he, for his poor choice of word, that's the way it goes. I think it ends there and we move on. Yeah, and it does really uh, depend, John Hartson, on how you interpret the, the, the words as well. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know what, some, what one person reads into the comments that were in print um, are, are completely uh, on the other side of the coin from somebody else. Well, I think Callum himself, um, when he said that, when he saw the comments, he felt it was a bit in bad taste. Uh, he's, he's commented on it. Mm. And uh, he mm. said that Chris Boyd does has got in contact and as far as he's concerned it's finished and uh, you know again I think Craggs is right uh, uh, you know you don't quite know in terms of did he mean a Celtic player should go and smash Callum McGregor in the face let's test his mask I don't think he was quite as what he was trying to say was let's get near him let's try and roughen things up a little bit let's let's obviously you know get close to Callum McGregor yeah. Um I but think I, I, I don't know why Chris Boy's doing that because he, he he never he never put a glove on anybody during his during his career. You know, I don't think he'd get close to anybody at times to do that. But if he's insinuating that um the Rangers players should have gone in and 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 been sort of more aggressive around Callum McGregor, then you know, I think Callum thought that was in bad taste and mm. I actually agree with him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I think I think what what Chris Boyd was feeling at the time was frustration as a Rangers fan a former Rangers player that his team hadn't gone in about Celtic that now that's that's not that's not getting, well, that's not attacking anybody no, but but that but just being but more physical and in their faces but that's different altogether yeah Rangers as a team were too passive on the night yeah you know they get caught in between 
are they a counter-attacking team or are they a team that's going to drop off? And they ended up standing and Celtic passed the ball round about him. So, you know, if you're a former Rangers player like Chris was, naturally there's a frustration thinking you've got to do more, you've got to get close, you've got to make tackles. That's different. Mm. That's getting inside someone's personal space and making it really uncomfortable for them. That's what Rangers should have done individually and collectively they didn't. You know, for, for the single out of single player, then it, it, it becomes a, a different motive or a different intention, whatever it may be. What I would say about Callum McGregor that night, um, I've never seen him as animated in a game as what he was during that game. You know, he really knew what mm -hmm. it meant. There was nothing, there was no fear from Callum McGregor, the fact that he was wearing a, a mask. It wasn't holding him back. He was snapping into tackles. He was pressing. And it was almost, I, I'd said somewhere else, that I, I felt like he really became a Celtic captain in that game. Mm -hmm. I know he's been captain and his performances have been good, but the way he led, the way he set off the press, the way he even spoke to the players after the game when they were celebrating, he was telling them to calm down. This is not the league title. Yes, we've won a game. We go around and we celebrate, but we keep it coy. We keep it under wraps and we enjoy ourselves. This is the standard we set. So certainly, I think even someone getting close to Callum McGregor wouldn't have really bothered him because he was in the zone that night. And it's, as I said, it's the most animated and aggressive I've seen him making tackles and pressing and pushing and probing mm -hmm. the full game. So I don't think it really would have mattered. There was that well-viewed clip as well of Callum McGregor closing down uh, Borna Barisic. He was trying to go past him on the touchline. He ended up going in the other direction, back towards his own goal. Yeah. And Callum McGregor said something in the direction of, of Barisic, which we're not going to repeat, obviously. Mm. But but it maybe summed up what Craig's is talking about there. And maybe he's found not just a, a new level, John, yeah. as, a, as a player. And I think we would all concede that he's gone up a level. Mm. We weren't sure he could go up a level, but he has done. And maybe he's done that as a captain as well. He's maybe embracing something of the Scott Brown in, in, yeah. in, in what he's doing now? Well, everybody thought it was imminent um, that he was going in for a, a cheekbone operation. Mm. Um, you know, from from what we were hearing, um, snippets, rumours. And and then when Ange Postacoglu actually announced it, I think it was on the, the Tuesday, that we're going to have another look at Callum McGregor. He's he, been training. He, he might yeah. be okay. Um and once you said that, that gave the Celtic fans a huge lift because in these type of games, you know how important Callum McGregor is to Celtic. Mm. You know how brave he is. I don't mean brave in terms of going around and kicking people. I mean going to get the ball in tight areas and passing it, getting on a half turn, starting Celtic's attacks off. Uh, he can play in front of the back four. He can play a bit further forward. Um, so for me, it's a case of it was everybody was so overjoyed when they seen him you know, take to the pitch with that protective face mask on. Um, he was brave, and uh, the way that he went about it, as as Craig said, wanted the ball, got stuck in as if he didn't have the face mask on. And he said what, um, I wouldn't like to think, repeat on air, what no. he said to Barrish. No, indeed. I think, yeah, that's kind I think, of a, I think he had a little bite That's character, yeah. isn't it? You know, that's not something that we've no. witnessed before, mm. whether playing for Scotland. We always thought he was the quiet, under-the-radar kind of player. Yeah. Leading, leading by example. Leading by example. But yeah. there comes a time when I'm guessing if you're, you know, if you're not a captain growing up and you don't captain your team that within you handed the armband, there will probably be a moment you look at and you think, that's when he grew into it. That's when you thought, wow, he understands it, he gets it, he's taking his game to another level. It's not just him, he's now focused on the rest of the team. He's setting. That was probably the moment where you may look back in 20 years' time and think, that was when I really started to think, 
I am captain of Celtic on that night because he really drove the team forward. Motherwell nil Celtic 4, Rangers 5, Hearts nil on Sunday. And it's Aberdeen Celtic tomorrow night and it's Rangers against Hibs. Uh, 08, 08 17 17 700 if you want to phone up and have a chat with uh, John Hartson, Stephen Cragen and myself in the studio on the socials. It's at Go Football Show. John, it's a false. It's a while since we've spoken to Frank in Mary Hill, isn't it? it hi, is. fr- hi, Frank. Hi, good evening, guys. Good to speak to you. And hey, you, Frank. How, how are you, Frank? Are you keeping well? I am doing okay, thanks. Uh, whoever was that? Was that it's, John? It's Rob. It's, it's, Robert, it's Frank. Rob. Whoever. Anyway, all of you, thanks for asking. I'm fine. Um, and it's um, great to see what's happening to my club, Celtic. Um, I came on at the start of the season and um, maybe making some sort of grand kind of, uh, how do you say it, um, expectations of this guy. But what I've, what I've found out before I came on back then uh, is bored out, and I don't say this in any kind of, oh, aren't I clever attitude or not at all. I just see that this guy is, as I said back then, I think he's providing my beautiful club Celtic with what I've dreamed about all my life, watching Celtic, and no disrespect to the great teams of John under, under Martin and and uh, previous and one before that and since. But I think what um, Ange Postecoglou is offering Celtic supporters throughout the world is a brand of football that um, to me is very simple and it's very simple it was simple back in the summer when I came on because what he's offering is a straightforward uh, all out attack we're going to attack you and we're going to come at you we're going to come at you for the first minute we're not going to stop and you better be up for it whether you're breaking or Barcelona it really doesn't matter because no matter who you are, it's not a, we're not hiding anything. Ange Postecoglou doesn't hide tactics. You hear many managers keeping their cards close to their chest in terms of the type of team they're going to put out against such and such and what have you. That won't change for Ange. It hasn't changed whether it's Bayer Leverkusen this season or whether it, whoever it is next season, hopefully Champions League. It won't change because football is fundamentally simple. It's a fundamentally simple sport. How to play it simply and play it well is a difficulty. And that's where Ange makes it so clear and concise and simple to his players. He demands from them 100%, nothing less, 100%. And if each of those players, which they are given, are on that same page of 100%, that makes it so much easier. I mean, he won't stand for him that it doesn't. But the point I'm trying to get on here, I'm sorry for waffling here, but the point I'm trying to make is that Teams better understand, and you made a point earlier, Stephen, um, regarding Rangers' performance uh, against Celtic last week. And I don't, I'm not saying this through, well, not through green tinted specs, but through from a footballing point of view, Rangers will never know really if Rangers didn't turn up last week. We'll never know if they didn't play great because basically they were wiped away. Because in every facet of football that was watched the last Wednesday. It was uh, from the footballing point of view, from the effort, from the speed that Celtic played it, from the um, attitude of the team. Every single asset wiped Rangers away, especially in the first 45 minutes, for first hour, really. And the point I'm trying to make is that that is exactly what every single team will face to play Ange Postacoglu's Celtic. And as I said, whether it's Barcelona or whoever, 
you better be up for it. You better be ready for us. Yeah. Because we're coming after you and we're going to go and go at you. And you better be ready for us. And Frank, and, if you Frank, yeah. well, and Frank I'm, I'm just going to throw that to Stephen then. I mean, you know, there's so you kind of, we kind of know now what Celtic are going to do. Mm. But there's one thing knowing about it. And, and there's I, another thing trying to stop I, it. Or being able to stop it. Yeah. And Rangers weren't able to stop it. Because, you know, Celtic retained the ball. Frank's spot on. They were sharp. They were crisp. The rotations, they were dynamic. They drove the game. They were relentless. When the ball went out, they picked it up. They took the throw and they got a free kick. They put the hand on it. They played. And Rangers got caught in between thinking, what do we do? Do we press or do we drop off? And they've done neither. And that's what teams come up against. When mm. you come up against a good side, you panic and you think, what do we do here? Do we step on or do we drop off? So different facets of Rangers' team were trying to do different things which was right up Celtic Street because they had drove them to that. And they then just moved it quicker and played in between them, moved even more, created more chances. So it's a bit of Celtic playing, probably, I mean, that could be Celtic's best 45 minutes of the season. There could be other games where people look at and say, well, they were good then, they were good then. That was probably as close mm -hmm. to peak as they have been. And it was probably as poor as Rangers have been because Celtic made them poor by all the rotation and their movement and they couldn't cope with that. So when you put that together, that's why the gap widens and that's why the gap widened for 45 minutes. And then they, they went out and did the same against Motherwell on Sunday, John, because Motherwell held out, you know, for the first half, best part of the first half hour, looked as if they were maybe getting a little toehold in the game. But Celtic have this ability just to blow teams away, not not just Rangers, anyone. Yeah, and I just think uh, the way now that they, they move forward as a team, um, I think the system, uh, and just got the proper players in to play that system. Um, the full-backs go forward. They join in, they overload in midfield, they overlap, it takes great fitness levels um, and when they lose it, there's almost like a trigger, they want to win it back as quick as they can, they've got quick, clever players, wingers who can take full backs on, um, they can cut inside Abada, was it 13, 14 goals this season, Jota on the left hand side, they've got, they've got players with that type of... Um, suit the system if you like Giacomacus different type of player to Kyogo he'll, he'll sort of show and he'll be a focal point for you on the edge of the box to bounce the ball off whereas Kyogo is a willing runner in behind then midfield so much balance who do you play now do you play O'Reilly do you play M McGregor McGregor plays mm. he is your he, he plays do you play then um, Rogic you've got to play Atate haven't you alongside do you play uh, Atate on, on his latest form do you play Matt O'Reilly so he's got the options I'll just read off the bench Rob at the weekend mm -hmm. the difference in the bench now what, what he has to come on and not only make a difference but just to to be of that similar quality mm -hmm. whereas uh, at three or four months ago you're looking at the bench and it was youngsters yeah. it was players who hadn't really been improved themselves mm -hmm. so the bench at the weekend was Forrest, O'Reilly, Yotta, Juranovic, Turnbull to come back, mm -hmm. Kyogo to come back into it. Julian to come back. Julian with thumped Rangers 3-0 and Frank is absolutely spot on. We bamboozled Rangers. Wonderful performance. Did the same against Motherwell at the weekend. And Celtic now, at this moment in time, it's took time, it's took work on the training ground, it's took Ange drumming this into the players every single day. And Celtic, right now, are a different proposition. If they don't win the league this year, John, how would that be viewed? If Celtic don't win the league from here, being top with 13 games to go, 
you know, consider where they were at the start of the season. Yeah, they're they in could, position, in position. They couldn't win the league at the start of the season. No, but now people thought it was impossible. So, so I've come mm. this far. It'll be so, remarkable so, if they so do it based fan. on where well, they I were. I said it'd be yeah, one of the greatest did. ones for me. And of I course said it would. That. And of course it would. But Craig's point, I guess, is yeah. now they're top. You know, are they under pressure now so to no, win it? I, I think. I think the Celtic fans would be disappointed now mm-hmm. yeah. if they don't go on and win it simply because how well Ange's done with this team mm-hmm. he's brought the right personnel in he's brought the right characters his signings have all sort of done really really well he's hit it off with his um, you know with his recruitment mm-hmm. if you like um, and they've got momentum and they've mm-hmm. got they've got huge momentum they're on a 19 league game or a 19 game unbeaten run they've only lost in that period before that to Bayer mm-hmm. Leverkusen who, mm-hmm. who won the Europa League group. Yeah. So in terms of their form, um, they're doing brilliantly well. But the answer to your question is, Craig's, uh, I make I make them slight favourites now. Oh yeah. yeah. Only I, because I of the way that they play. Two weeks ago, I'd have said Rangers yeah. and then driving seat because they're the four point lead. Exactly. And Celtic hadn't shown this type of performance. They've done it in fits and starts, but the two performances over the last two games. Have been absolutely magnificent. I yeah. have to say that. John mentioned the five subs there. That's something we'll talk about in the course of the show. The five subs rule. Uh, some would reckon it's not a level playing field. Ange Postacoglu has had a say about the subject today. Um, thanks to Frank uh, for his call and you can join the football discussion as well on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre 0808 1717 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Just backing up what John said uh, before the break, just about that turnaround in Celtic season. It would be uh, one of the most remarkable title triumphs uh, if Celtic were to go through with it. Um, but, but Craig's point was it was a good one as well. Now that Celtic have poked their noses in front, uh, would it be a disappointment? And of course it would uh, for the Celtic fans if Ange Postacoglu and co were not to go on and get the job done. And there are only 13 games to go starting tomorrow night for Celtic at Pataudry. Rangers at home to Hibs. Just looking at Celtic's season then, they lost uh, three of their first seven Premiership games and they haven't lost since uh, 18 games played in that time. They've dropped only four mm. points in those 18 games since. Uh, and that tells you, uh, Craig, the, the head of steam that, that Celtic have managed to build up. Yeah, it's snowballed. Uh, and and uh, January, so January came at the right time, but it was quite clear that Ange Postacoglu needed reinforcements. He needed bodies in that meant they could make changes when players were becoming fatigued or... He needed to rest players for other games coming up. He's now got, you know, 16 or 17, 18 players who can all play in his first 11, which is a great place to be as a manager. Because when things aren't going well, you just make one or two changes, you bring them off and put them on, and it keeps the same intensity. Or if you're in front in games and teams are threatened, they get back into the game, which happened, I suppose, briefly in the first 15 minutes of the second half against Motherwell. They had a bit more energy about them. Let's just make changes. And then we'll just up our standard again, and we'll give the players a second win to go again. So when you're in that position, at the moment... I look around the league and I include Rangers and I think, <laughs> you can't see Celtic getting beat just because how well mm. they're playing and yeah. how, uh, how, how easy, not easy to deal with games, but how they're dealing with games. The threats they have all over the pitch, the creativity they have, mm. the chances they create, the movement, the pace, you think, who can stop them? 
Because if you stop the first 11, you can change half a team and bring another five on. Yeah. That's just the substitute rule we'll speak about. And you think, they're just getting stronger. It's not as if they're weakening. They just bring on players who have a point to prove. And it just looks, you look at it and think, and, and listen, we probably said that about Rangers last season for spells. You think you can't see anybody beating them, and nobody did. And Celtic are in the groove at the moment where you think, I don't believe anyone else in the league it, on, on current form and the momentum Celtic have can stop them. Stephen Craig and John Hartson, Rob McLean, Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show. And uh, we've got Celtic fan Gary with us as well. Hi, Gary. How you doing, Rob? Evening, guys. Hi, Gary. You well? Yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously, another great performance at the weekend. Uh, you know, it's, it's just ticking off the games, game by game kind of thing. And as I say, if we're, if we're feeling nervous for now, God help us when we get to single figures with the game shutting because, it's, you know, the tension will really ramp up then. And do you take that point, Gary, that you would be disappointed now from where you are, from where the position Celtic are in, not to win the title? Yeah, I think when you look at it at the start of the season, Rob, um, I think we were in a position where I don't think any Celtic fan was really expecting to be in this position of already having the League Cup in the bag, you know, being top of the league and and playing as well as we're playing. You know, I think a lot of Celtic fans would have probably forgave Ange for not winning the title, but I think it, it would be very, very disappointing and disheartening if we if we didn't go in and win it from here. I think I think it's worrying for for the opposition to think about how well Celtic are playing at the moment. Some of the key players, I mean. Kyogo, I'm not going to say Kyogo's been forgotten about, but he's not really been required in recent times. And you think about the big part he was playing when he was in the midst of that 16-goal scoring run. So so players to come back, Kyogo and Turnbull at the head of the queue, I guess. Julian, we'll hear about Julian in the course of the, the show and when he's likely to come back into the team. But you, you then hear Ange Postacoglu today at his media conference speaking about areas that Celtic have to improve on. All areas. I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, from our perspective... We've still got players who have literally been with us less than a month. Um, you know, we've still got players who, you know, are sort of beginning to get into the season who missed a, a huge chunk of the, the first half of the year. So, um, you know, as they understand the game plan better and understand how we want to play and because we're getting over sort of our injury Issues, um, the competitiveness of training has increased, which again naturally improves performance. So you're looking for improvement in all areas, whether that's you know, the attacking side of the game, defensive side of the game. There's 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 plenty of improvements to left. Gary, that's a frightening thought for everybody, particularly Rangers who are trying to compete with Celtic. When when you hear about his desire for yet more improvement, yeah, I think I think he's as I say, like um, I think I said last week, I was. I was interviewing an Australian journalist who, who knew Ange very well, followed his career. And to, just to get a lowdown on the guy and what makes him tick, and he always said that, you know, that he's, he's a guy that even if he's 1-0 up, his team's 1-0 up, he'll go for a second. And you've seen that for, you know, he's not a guy that wants his team to take the ball into the corner and see a game out. He wants to go for more. He demands more. And I think the players are really buying into that. And, and as you say, like Kyogo, I think he was more missed in the first kind of injury spell earlier on in the season. I think we missed him when you see the results that we had. Whereas now, I mean, obviously we'd love to have him in the team because, mm. you know, as it, much firepower as you can. But I, I don't think he is as needed as as he, he was back then kind of thing. And that's an incredible statement John Hartson to make, isn't it? It's, mm. it's entirely accurate. But the, the fact that... that uh, there's not a desperation for you for Kyogo to be back at the moment, and obviously he's out for a few more weeks by the sounds of it. Yeah, and and Yakamakis seems to have stepped up 
um, which everybody wanted him to. Uh, there was, uh, you know, the, it wasn't divided. I think everybody thought that Yakamakis had the potential. Um, he just needed a couple of games, you know, to get that little bit of rust out and things like that. And I thought he was excellent against Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I thought he bullied um, uh, Bassey and um, and Goldston. I thought he was a threat all night. He backing in. He looked strong. He could have scored. I'm he, lucky not to score really. He powered that header in, didn't he? When uh, mm-hmm. when, Mag- mm-hmm. when Alan McGregor made that save off uh, when Jota come inside and and hit it towards McGregor, then the rebound and that's what I like to see. Your big centre forward. Going and attacking the ball, making it yours, you know, and just thought we saw a different side to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wanted to be up there. He wanted to get in amongst the defenders, win fouls, get the team up the pitch. And we we have lots of options now. Maeda went up there at the weekend for a, for a period, got himself a goal, um, and the options. But what I would say is as well, Gary, this is now Angie's team. Yeah, you know, against Rangers, there was two players. There was McGregor and Taylor were the only two players that Ange hasn't brought in mm-hmm. from the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, so now we must be thinking, well, this is my team. Um, he's getting the authority to bring in who he wants because of the start of the season that he's made, and um, to think he's only been at the club seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. Well, what what a job! What a job he's doing. I tell you what, then does that then open up? Everyone always talks about players moving, and English Premier League clubs looking at players. Mm-hmm. There must be eyes looking and thinking from England, mm-hmm. big clubs, yeah. clubs in England thinking, what a job he's done. Yeah, What a way he's turned that around. Forget looking at the players he's brought in, what about the man who's actually driving it? Yeah. So you'd imagine if this continues, you suddenly then create interest somewhere else and, and, and people start to look, because it's his first real 4 a.m. Well, it's his first 4 a.m. in British football. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a lot of players saying when they come to Rangers or Celtic, their aim you know, probably set wrongly, but the aim is to go and play in the Premier League. They want to take that next step to the Premier League. They see it as a stepping stone. I'm not saying Ange sees it as a stepping stone. However, it may be because other clubs will look and think, I quite like what he's doing. Owners, he's made an, it's such an impact in such a short space of time in one transfer window. Okay, we can talk now since January, but he made that was one window in, in, in the summer. Mm-hmm. He made such an impact and you see the team growing in the style of play. Owners all want sexy football. The guys that put in the millions, they want to see their team play beautiful football. And Ange Postecoglou is playing good football. So I wouldn't be surprised further in the line if bigger clubs start to have a look. And that's what happens when you're a, a successful team, that, that others are looking at your players and they're also looking at the guy in charge. And Gary, what a hit rate he has had. Uh, if you were to total his signings and and scale them on a, on a level of success, I mean, it, he's at an incredible uh, rate of, of winners in terms of people he's brought in, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you can probably exclude the, the kind of signings like, uh, you know, Shaw and Urigidi and, yeah. and, and players like that that haven't made it and, and obviously have had to go out and loan. But not, where, 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 those, where are those his signings? Or, or where are those signings that were yeah, maybe I in mean, the pipeline they, they, before he arrived? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they, they might have been, you know, earlier earlier kind of signings. I, I don't think there is a few players. I think Liam Scales falls into that category. I don't think he was an Ange signing. Maybe that's why he's not getting as much game time. But just to combat what Stephen was saying there, um, you know, I think, to be honest, I, I said last week to one of my mates, if Ange is backed properly in the summer um, and in the future, I think he could actually be here longer than Martin than he was. Right. I think he loves it here. I think he absolutely loves it mm. here. He loves the way he's treated. I think he'll, they'll love 
the the relaxation of it all kind of thing. He's, I don't see him going anywhere no. if he's properly backed by the by the Celtic board. Yeah, I mean, I I think you make a really good point there. I mean, there's no doubt he connect. He's connecting with the players. That's clear. He's connecting with the supporters. Mm. That is also yeah. clear. But but Gary makes a good point there that that what's required here for a long term stay, if he continues this rate of success, John, is that is that the Celtic board, the Celtic hierarchy, match his ambitions. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And of course, for himself, it will be his success. Now, already this season, he's been a success because he's won the first trophy available, which is the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sits on top of the league. Uh, we have a home game in the Scottish Cup at the weekend. And ultimately, a managers are judged on their success. They're judged on their leagues, how many, t- how many trophies they win. And he's going certainly going the right way about it. Um, and what Craig said there about uh, other teams looking at managers everywhere, um, you know, he he'd be uh, he'd he'd be being looked at at this moment in time as somebody who's doing a fabulous job from what he inherited, by the way, as well at the start of the season. Everybody thought Brendan Rodgers wouldn't leave the club, and I think if he's successful. He'll stay for many years because I think he genuinely loves it here. And I think he's appreciative of the fact that Celtic took him from really nowhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody heard of him. I know yeah. he's managing the J League. Mm-hmm. He'd had a great pedigree managing the national team of Australia. Yeah. But he would have saw coming to Celtic as a huge stepping stone for him. Mm-hmm. And Celtic, credit to them, they earmarked him and they brought him in. So there's a risk, really, not mm-hmm. so much for Ange. Ange would have appreciated it. And I think he's the type of guy... Humility, um, he's got all these things about him. I think he's the type of manager, if somebody did come calling, I know we didn't see that with Brendan Rodgers, but if somebody did come calling, I think he's the type of guy, Ange, to go, do you know what? They give me my big break here. They give me my big break. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, continue to be successful, and I don't think he's in danger of going anywhere you know, in the foreseeable future. No, not in the f- I think a couple of things from that, Gary. You said relaxation. And an old firm manager, I don't think I've ever heard those two <laughs> quotes in the same sentence. I don't think relaxation is the word. But what you get with clubs, and I'm saying bigger clubs, and I, I don't mean bigger profile in selling, I just mean bigger finances, bigger resources, mm. and you know, bigger leagues effectively. Um, clubs like that, in those big leagues, plan ahead. They look two or three managers down the line. What's our style of play? What's our philosophy? Who fits the profile? And I would imagine if there's a, you know, a, a system that, that, brings up a red light for someone who's doing the job Hans Postacoglu's name will be flashing on a few clubs to think wow that's one to keep an eye on you know because him coming into Europe again I know he's coached in Greece for a while but coming into Europe that's opened a completely new market for him when clubs in Europe may not have looked to the J-League for a manager Mm. they're now thinking whoa because John said it the, the impact he's had in such a short space of time when you think a lot of foreign owners in England Watford I think 16 managers in nine years. Mm. They want instant impact. They want people to come in, change things, make it work. How's it going? If it doesn't work, move, bring the next one in. So you're looking for a manager, not like Watford, I'm just saying, you know, that that kind of profile, what they look, they want in, instant impact. And Ange Postercoglu's instant impact has been phenomenal. Yeah. 
just before you go, Gary, um, he was speaking today, and you'll have heard this as well, he was speaking about Chris Julian. It's all, it's interesting uh, to think when he might be in the team, but it didn't sound like there was any pressing requirement to bring him in when he answered the question today about the French defender uh, on his recovery mission. Depends how the games go, depends when the opportunities. I mean, I've, I've said all along, you know, he'll, he'll, he's training, he's, he's, he's fine from injury, no issues, and uh, it's just a matter of waiting for his opportunity now when that will come. I don't know, it'll depend on you know how the team's going and and you know when we need to to give him that opportunity but he's doing everything right in terms of training and he's available for selection where do you stand Gary on the the Carl Starfelt argument and, and there's a lot of Celtic fans who would probably want Julian in alongside Carter Vickers would they what do you think see to be honest I'm really on the fence with, with Carl Starfelt I think obviously you know I think it was four and a half million pounds signing for Ruben Kazan I think he came in in I think he's always looked kind of shaky and maybe lack of confidence, even though he's been getting game time. I've watched him time and time again, and I just think he's too safe as a defender. I think when you look at defenders that we've had, like, you know, uh, Christopher Iron, Virgil van Dijk, and players that that want to, defenders that want to get the ball and drive forward, um, I think he just needs to have that wee bit of confidence to be able to do that. But I think it's always, I I, kind of call him, his nickname is kind of, sideways Starfelt because that's all he does is seem to pass the ball sideways and I I really want him to stay in that team with, with Carter Vickers because I think that is a partnership that, that, that can get us over the line this season. For for me, Julian's going to be a bit part player this season and then we'll see how he is in the summer but I think um, in terms of the last few games haven't really worked in Angie's plan probably to bring him on. I think Dundee United at Celtic Park would have been ideal to bring him on last 20 minutes, last half hour. But with the way the game panned out, it wasn't possible. Obviously, Rangers wasn't going to be an option then to bring him on. So Motherwell really would have been, in Sunday at Fur Park, would have been an ideal opportunity. But maybe with the weather and, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's just no fail from. But maybe at Eighth Rovers, we might, get, we might get a glimpse of him. But for me, yeah. I'd, I'd be looking to keep staff out in the team. Yeah, and I think judging by the tone of what uh, Andrew Postcoglu was saying there, uh, I think he is going to be sticking with those two as well. And what he can point to with great certainty is the goals against column in the in the Premiership, which speaks highly uh, for what Celtic are doing defensively. And spoke about that today, and we'll hear a little bit of that later on in the show. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. And the football show is flying at the moment. Uh, Thanks to Gary and uh, thanks to Frank as well. A couple of Celtic fans uh, talking about their team, talking um, about uh, the... Chris Boyd situation as well all has been settled between Chris Boyd and Callum McGregor on the back of uh, what the former Rangers striker said on the back of the old firm game that's been put to bed we hear from the Celtic captain and it's onwards to uh, tomorrow night's games uh, just a couple of days after uh, the old firm between them scored nine without reply at Motherwell and against Hearts at Ibrox Celtic at Pataudry tomorrow night to play Aberdeen Rangers uh, against Hibs and uh, just hearing some uh, breaking news on the Rangers front uh, that Rangers have been allocated 500 tickets 
uh, for next Thursday's Europa League tie at Borussia Dortmund in Germany. Capacity for the match has been set at uh, 10,000. Still some restrictions in operations, obviously, over there. Uh, Rangers say, uh, while we share in our supporters' disappointment at not having a larger allocation, we're pleased we will have some travelling fans in the stadium. And it just gets your mind thinking uh, about those European games that are upcoming for both. Mm. Uh, a couple of games against Borussia Dortmund for Rangers. Uh, Celtic play, play Bodo Glimt uh, home and away. And it's another big factor, isn't it, Craigs, in, mm. in what's coming up? It's a, an already busy schedule. And how Rangers and Celtic manage these European ties and everything else that's going on at the moment is going to have a big say in who goes into the final stretch with their noses in front. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see both lineups this weekend in the Scottish Cup. Because you can imagine that's the stage when Celtic at home to Wraith Rovers can make a few adjustments and Rangers away to Annan can make a few adjustments, maybe get Aaron Ramsey a start in that kind of game just to get some minutes into their legs. Um, but ultimately then, if one team goes through in Europe and one team doesn't, then they've got two games less to mm. play, so they've got a bit longer to prepare for games. So all the psychology will come into it, Rob, but yeah. it will all unfold as we go on. And I think it's something we've probably missed over the past 10, 11 years is a real title race when you thought this is going to go to the wire, this is going to go right down. I mean, John probably played in a couple of, certainly one last day decider, maybe a couple. Um, I've been in Scotland since 1984. There's probably been three or four last day deciders when you think, what ways you're going to go? The hype was building up to it. It was great for the game. Everybody wanted to see it. The profile was up. You can't help but think this season could be something very similar. I think this could go down to the last couple of games, if not the last day. Rangers don't have a lot of room for error. I have to say, just because of the momentum Celtic have that if they fall four points, six points behind, I don't think they could recover at this stage. So all eyes now will be on, of course, the game's coming up. But you imagine in the back of their mind, the 3rd of April, next Old Firm game, both teams will be thinking if we can get there unscathed from here, then that sets it up incredibly well at Ibrox. You would imagine there's a fair chance that John's fellow countryman Aaron Ramsey might well uh, make his first start uh, for Rangers in the Scottish Cup at Annan. That might be just the fixture uh, that they're after for him. Um, but it certainly doesn't sound as if he's going to be starting. He'll be on the bench tomorrow night, but he's not going to start against Hibs. Oh, I don't think he's he's ready to, to start say. yet. I mean, you That's could see the difference when he came in and... Um, Really, just joined the team sessions in training and also his first minutes in the um, in the game um, last Sunday. So, you know, Aaron is improving uh, which will, each day, and uh, you know, I think it's good to see the difference he already made in in a week. And uh, you know, he will become better and better. And uh, but starting a game for him is uh, is too soon. But uh, you know. As I said before, he will be closer in starting a game the, the more minutes he plays and the more sessions he has with the team. It's one of those scary moments uh, when you're hearing from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst about Aaron Ramsey and you look up at the screen in the studio, John, and you see uh, Van Bronckhorst at his media conference today yeah. on Sky Sports News and you see Aaron Ramsey uh, coming off the bench as he did uh, against Hearts at the weekend. Um, I mean, that that's a, a real positive for, for Rangers uh, to think... Uh, about what they did on Sunday in response to what Celtic had done and they've got that you know we, we talk about Celtic getting players back what about Rangers once they have Aaron Ramsey firing on all cylinders yeah well he obviously he'd given the whole club a, a, a major lift uh, by going there um, yeah, I, I find it a little bit uh, I, there's only 13 league games to go now I know that in Europe as well and also in the Scottish Cup and he, he would probably say that, yeah, you get many, you get a lot of games. Um, 
But obviously at this moment in time, he doesn't feel as if he's up to scratch in terms of his fitness to play. Um, I don't really think, I think Aaron possibly could go in and play. Uh, so I just think if they want to see him and they want to see him making a difference and make an impact, mm. you've got to get him in. You've got to get him in at, at some stage, you know. And I think the game at Annan at the weekend, mm -hmm. I, I think it's the perfect game for him. You would think so. I really do. Now, I know you don't want to be making wholesale changes because the Scottish Cup is important to both teams. Um, neither club were involved in the final last season, which was a bit unusual, mm. you know, for up here in, in, in Scotland. Um, so you can make some changes, yes, but I guarantee they won't be making seven, eight you know, no. like we see down south sometimes when the team's going out of the FA Cup. Um, but I think Alan Ramsey's itching to get in. He really will be, you know. And uh, and they're having to be... I mean, they're they're clearly being cautious with him. And, and clearly, I mean, he, his la I think he played uh, He played for Wales, didn't he? He scored a couple November. against Belarus in November. His last club game was as a sub in the Champions League in October. With, with Juventus so it's, it's quite a long spell without football and, and clearly mm. despite there would be a real temptation wouldn't there to pitch him in the fans want him in the fans want him to be to yeah. be immediately and, and, involved and, and Johnny, Giovanni van Bronckhurst is, is just being extra cautious with him I think what they don't want is to put him in in a game maybe of last night's pace home to hearts or even the game before that against Celtic where it's fast it's ferocious yeah. you're making lunges you're making last ditch tackles and then, you know, to pull up and pull something because he's not quite had the had the mm. training sessions of of that type of intensity. So when he's ready, um, but I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll get games. But you know, we are running out of games now. Aren't we? I mean, it's but such a congested area, weekend. isn't it? That midfield area of Rangers. You'd imagine when Aaron Ramsey gets fit, you'd imagine he will play. You would think Joe Rebo will play, mm. and then you've got one from Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara. Arfie Lundstrom, Lowry, you know, it's such a congested area of the mm -hmm. pitch. Mm -hmm. You think, how are you going to please them all with 13 games to go? Well, 13 league two, uh, you've got 16 games guaranteed. Yeah. That's who would you, who that's would you, you have say, Craigs, that them two are? Would it, would it be Ramsey, Aribo, Kamara? Because I think well, I think they think a lot of Aribo and Kamara. I, yeah. know, I know you've got Lundstrom, you've got, you've got others, Davis. Um, I think Ryan Jack would, would, be, say, Jack, Jack, Jack would be making a strong who's, claim. Who's missing tomorrow, yeah, well, what, yeah, what we should say is, is that here's Giovanni van Bronckhorst today on Ryan Jack's injury, which is going to keep him out for tomorrow night. No, I think it's not uh, not that serious. Of course, he had a injury. Uh, he got a knock on his ankle um, during the game, which um, gave him a lot of discomfort. So uh, hopefully we can... Um, uh, make him ready uh, in the next days to train again. So it's not a not a serious injury. Only uh, the game tomorrow is too soon. Of course, with a um, you know with a tight schedule and many games in a week, uh, sometimes uh, the game just comes too quick. So the good news is it's not too serious. But, but I think when you hear at the moment, or you know, Ryan Jack and injury in the same sentence, yeah. you you just worry uh, that, that here here we go again. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Giovanni van Bronckhorst said there, thankfully for Ryan Jack's perspective, it seems to just be the one game mm. that he will probably train towards a weekend. He was one you, you think wouldn't play against Aaron on Saturday. No. On the 4G pitch. Fitch has been down for a while. It's not great. There's no point in him going and playing in that game. You but he would have played tomorrow night. But he would have played tomorrow night. So yeah. you, you don't gain anything from it. So his focus now then has to be Borussia Dortmund. That's the decision now. Does he play then? Does he have, what, almost, it might be 10 days break? Probably might suit him. Mm. Um, but it will allow... 
Stephen Davis, who's been out for quite a long time. Glenn Kamara, who got, took off at half time against oh, Celtic. Field, he seems to yeah. like. Well, he's, he, he played off the right on Sunday, didn't he? Mm. Um, then you've got John Lindstrom, who came in and was very good, I have to say, on Saturday. Uh -huh. He was one that quite showed. Quite a surprise inclusion in yeah, some ways. Yeah, it was. But he showed his appetite for the game as if to say, I want to make an impression. And it was interesting, some of his quotes today talking about, you know, not realising that. Well, I knew how big a club Rangers were, but didn't realise how much. Every single game was analysed and micro-analysed and that took him a while to get used to. So, you know, if he comes good between now and the end of the season, Rangers have got someone else in that midfield area who can be competitive. It is a blow though, isn't it, for tomorrow night for Rangers because uh, Ryan Jack showed how effective he was uh, on a really disappointing night for Rangers at Celtic Park. He certainly uh, came back to the team in some style, uh, played a massive role in the 5-0 win against Hearts on Sunday. Sounds like uh, he won't be out for too long, but he will miss the game tomorrow night. What a, what a night of football we have on our hands. Uh, Dundee United against Motherwell, Hearts against Dundee, Ross County against Livingston, St Mirren against St Johnston, and the big two, Rangers against Hibs and Aberdeen against Celtic, all 24 hours away. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Yeah, welcome back to the second hour of the show. The first 60 minutes has uh, flown by. We're just a couple of days on from those uh, remarkable scorelines at the top of the Premiership. Four for Celtic at Motherwell, five for Rangers at Ibrox against Hearts just a couple of hours uh, later on. And now they are focusing in on tomorrow night's matches. Celtic in Aberdeen uh, to play Stephen Glass's under pressure team who lost at Livingston at the weekend and uh, Rangers play Hibs and I guess uh, you could say uh, the same thing about Hibs that might apply to Aberdeen at the moment as well two managers under a bit of pressure it's just not happened for uh, Sean Maloney uh, so far no. Crags No and I think the question you ask when you make a managerial change it, has there been a, a distinct improvement is there an obvious change not just in body language but results and performance and there probably hasn't as yet I mean, we're very easy to judge in Scotland. <laughs> you know, when, when managers turn over, we expect everything just to be perfect. Clearly, the Hibs players' form wasn't good under Jack Ross towards the end. David Gray took a couple of games. Sean Maloney's came in. He had a, an impact initially when they beat Aberdeen and they beat Dundee United and think, right, OK, it's going to go on. But I think it's five league games without a win, which is quite frustrating. That fourth place, nobody seems to want. Motherwell mm. have it. Their form has been terrible. They haven't won a league game in 2022. Aberdeen haven't won a league game in 2022. I don't think Hibs have won a league game in 2022. And Dundee United have won one, which was against Ross County. So nobody seems to want to take over Motherwell a minute in fourth place. So um, there's uh, definite improvement needed. I think, you know, Sean Mooney came in and Ben Kensel said, philosophy, we're going to play this way. And he's got a great way. You have to realise as a manager, but Sean will know anyway, results are more important than performances and changing style of play. Getting results gets people on side, convinces supporters, convinces players, and then change as you go to go on so there's no doubt they need a result somewhere just backing up uh, Craig's what you're saying there uh, I mean what what it's what it's meant of course is that Hearts who've maybe not been setting the heather light recently either but they are very much in control of third place mm -hmm. at the moment on on 43 then you've got Motherwell on 33 who've kind of gone nowhere uh, in the last couple of weeks Hibs on 31 Dundee United on 30 Aberdeen 29, Livingston 29, St Mirren 29 and then you've got Ross County who are improving at a rate of mm -hmm. knots who are on 26 yeah. so another win for 
them would put them in that category as well. So there's a, there's a fair old scrap uh, going on for that for that fourth place. Uh, John, what 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 have you made of of Sean Maloney's introduction into frontline management? Because although he was with uh, one of the best teams in the world, uh, working with Roberto Martinez at Belgium, this is his first venture into being the main man, the the, the manager. Um, and it's it's been a tough start for him, hasn't it? It's been a tough start, but uh, I backed him. I backed him, one, because I thought um, he would have picked up quite a lot working with Belgium uh, as an assistant. I think uh, you got to have something about you there. Obviously, yeah, Roberto Martinez had worked with him at Wigan, liked what he saw, maybe... Um, and then, and then I thought Sean had the opportunity to go out and work on his own. Um, but I think everybody, Rob, these days get judged by results. I think it's going to be a case of um, how long, how long more do they want to stick with Sean? I don't think he's in immediate danger now, um, you know. And and for me, it's a case of some hierarchy, chairmen, owners, they want him out straight away. I think if he drops out of the top six that would be really, really disappointing. And mm. he's on that cusp at the minute. Well, as you said, the team's chasing. Um, but Aberdeen are outside the top six. Mm -hmm. Should they be in there? You know, I think Motherwell are, are going really well. I think Hearts are probably where they feel they should be at. Mm. They're not as strong as Celtic or Rangers. Um, but they're, so be they're the best of the rest. They're the best of them. They didn't play like it though at the weekend. Um you know, and they didn't play like it in the first. No, they half. capitulated, didn't they? Ibrox after they'd yeah, had that good little spell where they might just have equalised in the game. That's right, and so, and remember, Hibs they've lost their best striker in Boyle. Yeah. So you know they lose his goals and they lose his power, his pace going forward. So, but teams like Hibs they have to cope with that. I think mm. Sean would know that if a club comes in with a decent fee, good money, generally they let the player go and then they reinvest it. Um, so. Listen, he hasn't pulled up any trees up to now. He know that himself. But Sean will tell you it's a work in progress. He'll expect more time. Uh, he'll expect back in, and I think he will get the back in. Now, he made a lot and of eventually, Craigs, I think he'll do okay. He made a lot of changes, which is surprising. I remember him hearing before the window saying, I want to get everyone in the building. They want to get a chance. I'm going to give them an opportunity just before the winter break. And I counted 11 in, roughly 11 in, 9 out. Now, that is a big turnaround in mid-season. When you're a young manager trying to make your way in the game. You're trying to, you know, get the best out of what you have and then suddenly you're bringing 11 players and they may not all come into the first-team squad, but even eight of those players into your first-team squad mm. and your first-team squad is still trying to get used to what you want to do and then you're bringing, you're trying to integrate another eight in. At a time when you've lost your best at, player. At a time when you've lost your best player and you're under a little bit of pressure to get results mm. because if Hibs don't get top six, it's a major, major disappointment. If Aberdeen don't get top six, major, yeah. major disappointment. Even, and if they invested at Sunday United, do you think... Yeah major, major disappointment also. But is top six good enough for Hibs? I mean, is, is being in the top six enough when you've been third place and in no, Europe last season? But I think they're within, you know, within, what, two points of Motherwell. So, fourth place this year, depending on who wins the Scottish Cup, could get you into European football. Well, guarantee you European football. If Rangers and Celtic win the... Or, sorry, if any of the top three win the Scottish Cup. Rangers and Celtic, you always think, are going to be favourites. So you think if you can get in fourth place. So, if Hibs finish fourth place this season, you'd think, that's not bad. Considering they had such a dip under Jack towards the end, Sean Cummins had a bit of a dip. So if they could turn that around and finish fourth, they'd probably think, well, that's the best we could hope for because hearts seem to be out of reach. If you don't reach that and you don't get sixth or in the top six, that would be a, a, a you know a big letdown for Hibs considering exactly where you said last year. They're two cup, well, two, one cup final, one cup semi-final mm. and finishing third in the league. So 
that's the pressures of managing a big job, which is why whenever he took that job, people thought, oh, that's quite a big job to start your first one in. Um, you have to learn quick. You've got to get results. And it probably doesn't help Hibs that whenever Hearts are doing so well or they're sitting third in the league, they always look over towards the city. They don't, but of course they do. They mm. look towards their rivals and think, mm, how come they can be there and we're not? Well, that's the battle uh, among those clubs uh, trying to catch Hearts. And that might be uh, tough. Even getting to third place uh, might be mission impossible at this stage. And then you've got the two at the top who are uh, pulling off into the distance and having their own private battle uh, for the title, which, of course, carries with it such a, a big prize this season. Um, it was a remarkable Sunday, wasn't it, when uh, Celtic scored four at Motherwell, followed by Rangers scoring five at Ibrox against Hearts. How good was Alfredo Morelos for Rangers returning after being away on internationals? Not having played a minute of the internationals, but having uh, clocked up a fair old mileage uh, in being with his national squad. Came back, scored two of the five. And Giovanni Van Bronckhorst today was asked about what he was doing re-contract for Morelos, who's got another 18 months to go. But clearly it's something Rangers have to be thinking about. I didn't have a chat with him about his long-term future, but... Uh... You know, he's definitely a player who's important for us, uh, for the club as well. And uh, I think he's uh, he's enjoying his football at the moment. So, uh, yeah, you know, if your player's uh, out of contract next and after next season, of course, I think the the talks will 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 happen uh, somewhere this year to see how the future is um, for both sides. So, uh, but you know, I'm I'm happy with Morelos and happy uh, with the performances he's um, he's putting. Uh, you know, putting it uh, on the pitch. So, um, you know, more than happy with him. And uh, contract-wise, yeah, we have to, somewhere this this season, uh, I think talks will begin. Yeah, I think he would be happy with uh, Morelos. Uh, came back with a bang at the weekend, having been away with mm. Colombia. Uh, Johnny was superb, scored the first two, created the third goal, and yeah. generally was just a menace. That's what he is. And, and people can say what they want about Alfredo Morelos, he scores goals. That's a century of goals he's got for Rangers. And he is a menace. You know, he's on you. He's breathing down your neck all the time. Doesn't give you a minute's peace. Um, and I thought he took his goals well at the weekend. Um, and he'll be a big player for Rangers now in these last 13 games. Can he step up? Because we've already spoken about Celtic's form and how well they are playing and how well they are organised and style and the pace that they play in and the organisation and the desire and the work rate. All these things Celtic have now in abundance. Rangers showed that last season. Celtic and I've topped it, you know, and uh, I thought it was good from Rangers at the weekend, the way that they responded to Celtic. It was a great win against the third-place team. Um, so he'll be a big player. He'll certainly be a play, big player between now and uh, whenever, whatever the league goes. And he has a big effect, Craggs, doesn't he, on the players round about? I think his yeah. he he dragged everyone along behind him really on on Sunday. I think and 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 pulled performances out of them as well. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt he's a menace, but he's a menace with a lot of quality, isn't he? You know, he doesn't just ruffle people up and annoy them. He is a good player. He takes the ball, and I think what he does, Robbie, attracts the ball. And you think back to the old firm game. Would he have made of a difference? He might have made a slight difference. We don't know. That's all hypothetical. But the one thing he does, he attracts the ball. He draws the ball to him. He draws defenders to him. He draws wingers to come and get involved with him. Midfield players can make runs forward because he knows he's going to hold the ball. He's going to link the play. That's what he does. He's a real focal point for Rangers to get themselves up the pitch. And I just think when he's not playing, they miss something. You know, you talk about players being paid and, and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst talking about contracts. Really, when you look at it, he should probably be Rangers' highest paid player. I don't know if he is or if he isn't. 
but you'd like to think he's up well, there. When, there when you watch him, Craig, well, when you watch Morelos closely, right? Not overly quick, not great in the air. His touch is not brilliant, but he gets you goals, and that's a massive um, bonus and a, a talent. Like I wasn't the quickest, but I got goals. You know, I got last-minute goals, important goals. He's very similar because when you analyse his game and what he is, he rolls people very strong when he's in possession. But you look at him, Craig, you think to yourself, what is he really good at? And the one thing you need, every team needs mm -hmm. it, is a goal scorer. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's outstanding at, is getting goals. He also occupies defenders, though, yeah. I think. I mean, I mean, Hearts had a back five yeah. at the weekend. Um, so essentially, at times, it was him up against three central yeah. defenders. Um, and he gave none of them any peace. Which is what he used to do, Rob. I remember he used to, you know, when he first came in his first 18 months, he used to occupy a back four. Mm. He'd be challenging the left back, and next thing you know, he's challenging the right centre half. And he's a left centre half, and you almost thought he can run the front line himself. Mm. Over the last couple of years, he seemed to get away from that a little bit. Whether that was because Stephen Gerrard was giving him different instructions, whether he was taking it upon himself and drifting out wide, but he was getting away from what he was good at. And since Giovanni van Bronckhorst has come in, he plays more central. He doesn't go and do all the work outside the box. Whether that's a Roy Mackay thing, saying to him, you're a centre-forward, this is where you get your goals. And that sounds very basic, but sometimes players listen to that and say, yeah, that's right, but I want to go and get involved. No, no, that's your job you have to do. His goals returned since Giovanni van Bronckhorst came in, I don't know exactly, is it something like eight or nine and, and ten or eleven games? Whereas the previous months under Stephen Gerrard, I think he only had six or seven. So his goal return is much higher. So there's quite clearly a specific message of where they want him to play. And when he's occupying defenders, because he annoys defenders, we talk about it being a menace. Defenders then think, good, I want to go tight. I want to give him a little bit. And that's what he wants, because he wants to use them mm. as that kind of base to swing around and bring other people into play. So he almost draws you in when defenders shouldn't be. They should be more sensible. They should be coy and jump off him and, and allow him to take his first touch. So he just brings so much more. And then what that does, it creates space for other players. It mm -hmm. creates space for the midfield players to run beyond. So there's no doubt when he's in the side, Rangers are a much better team. And collectively, Giovanni van Bronckhorst said today, that's the standard that Rangers want to be setting game after game. We show the way we can play and that's that's our standards. That's the level you want to uh, reach every game. <clears throat> you know, not only playing-wise, uh, tactically, but also, uh, you know, character-wise and... Uh, you know, this is definitely the way to to go forward and to uh, make sure also tomorrow we uh, we keep those uh, levels high and uh, make sure we uh, we have the same performance. Yeah, they have to do that all over again, don't they? At Hibs, at Ibrox uh, tomorrow night. And what, what they've done, of course, since the winter break, John, by spilling points at Aberdeen, by spilling points at Dingwall, as they would see it, and by getting blown away at Celtic Park, is that there's now very little margin for error for Rangers because of what Celtic are doing at the moment. Very little margin for, for both clubs. Mm. There's only a point in it. 13 games to go, as we keep alluding to. Both teams, you know, you would say Celtic at now, right now are probably just favourites. You know, just if you like. Um, Do you think there's as much pressure on Celtic as there is on Rangers at the moment? I, I don't think the, the Celtic players will be feeling the pressure. I just think that mm. uh, they've done ever so well. Uh, nobody really expected Celtic to be where they are. But now there'll be a demand on the players mm. because of what they've showed. You know, the, But they're flying. They're flying. And the way that they play, and the, the, they're just steamrolling teams. Um, they've got so many options, so, options fr so many options from the bench. 
Jota is is just remarkable. His tricks and his skills and his guile and everything else. Rogic back at at the weekend. What's a player he is now? He was a, he's back to his best mm. as far as I'm concerned. Yes, you know Juranovic didn't play. Ralston came in, actually did all right at mm-hmm. Motherwell, having been left out for the for the Rangers game last week. Um, it's going to be tight. We certainly got we certainly got a race. But myself and Craig's uncharacteristically Craig's think Celtic going to win the league now. There you go. John speaks for me now. <laughs> Is it, was he right? Well, he said earlier no. on Celtic are favourites now. Yeah, just because they're favourites doesn't mean to say they're. I, mean, I, I thought well, Rangers. Because they're favourites. I, I thought Rangers were favourites to start, and they may not win it. So there's no doubt the momentum is with. Mm. Celtic and I think they will probably be enjoying it a little bit more you'd imagine yeah. because John said they didn't expect them to be here didn't expect to be a point ahead come the start of February so now they're here they're thinking well this is great you know there's a feel good factor people are coming in whereas Rangers have always been the team in the front yeah. I think that's my point about where the, the pressure comes yeah. from the fact that the Rangers have spilled points since the winter break they were looking in a pretty commanding position yeah. and it makes a game like Sunday and they certainly answered the question but had they had they dropped points had they drawn that game mm. for instance then you know you would have feared for their ability to come back wouldn't you? Yeah well after losing the, the game last Wednesday against Celtic you're thinking home to hearts home to hibs you think that's two tough games. You know, if they're going to drop anything, you think it's going to come in those two games just because of the, the the anxious nature of what the supporters would have been, the players would have been. They go and get that 5-0, it probably just relieves a little bit off the shoulders. Hibs coming along, not in great form. They're probably looking forward to the game on Wednesday night even more so now thinking, right, we need to replicate that. I think Giovanni Van Bronker said that. We need to replicate what's just gone. Easier said than done, but the players have set the standard. That's what they go and must maintain. I mean, I've looked between now and the, and the old firm game on the 3rd of April. Dundee United away is probably their the trickiest game. I'm only saying that because they lost to Tannadice earlier in the season. Mm. You know, barring that, the rest of the games, that if they're on their game and they play well, they should win them. However, having dropped points at Ross County and dropped points at Aberdeen, nothing's a given. Could be quite a night tomorrow night. Rangers Hibs at Ibrox, Aberdeen Celtic at Pataudry. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. And we're keeping you up to date football-wise on Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, John Hartson and Stephen Cragen with you. Uh, 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the chat as Gary and Frank have done earlier on in the show uh, just recapping on uh, the news we brought to you right at the top of the show Celtic captain Callum McGregor uh, says he has moved on from uh, Chris Boyd's remarks about his facial injury after discussing uh, what was described as a poor choice of words uh, with a former Rangers striker writing in a newspaper column uh, Boyd expressed surprise uh, that Rangers did not test out as he put it McGregor's face mask during their 3-0 defeat last week uh, Callum McGregor said today when you first see the comments it doesn't make great reading but it has been rectified since then uh, and we have had a chat as well and it's all been put to bed uh, so that one of the headlines uh, today in Scottish football another headline and he's made quite a few in his time surrounds Lee Griffiths the former Scotland striker aiming to get back enjoying football again as he says today after joining League One club Falkirk uh, for the rest of the season he's 31 now he was a free agent after being released by Celtic last week uh, following his loan spell at Dundee turned down an offer to stay uh, with the Premiership Club 
uh, and he's in line to make his debut on Tuesday against Barry Ferguson's Aloha Athletic. Uh, Lee Griffith said today, I'm really happy to be here helping uh, the push up the league. Martin Rennie and Kenny Miller, who are the management team, of course, at Falkirk, made it clear that they thought I could help them with the club's uh, promotion push. What do you think, John Hartson? Uh, Lee Griffiths playing in League One. Yeah, well, they've took him. You know, Kenny Miller knows uh, Kenny Miller knows one or two things about about decent strikers. Mm. Um, we all know uh, Lee Griffiths in the, in his day at Celtic, he was phenomenal, phenomenal as a striker. He's banging in goals for fun, um, and he's just dropped his level. As in the you know the Celtic um, decided to do a deal with with Dundee. And um, he never really did it at Dundee. Um, contrary to the th- thoughts and my comments, I thought he would do quite well there. Um, but he hasn't. And he's dropped down now to Falkirk. And I, I just wish the lad well. I think he- he's got to be happy in his um, when he's playing football. I think he'll get regular games. But again, th- that all comes down to when you're the centre forward, you've got to score goals. Mm. You've got to score goals to stay in the team. Um I, I don't know much. I've not seen much of Lee um, of late since he left Celtic. Um, I used to get in touch with him now and again and say to him, great goal and things like this and that. But I've not really um, not really spoke to him, so I don't know what his feelings are. But I would imagine his feelings are that he wants to play football and he wants to be happy in his football. And yeah. if he's not getting games, if he's not getting regular starts at Dundee, then he's better off doing the move that he's done. And I think the key phrase uh, in that story is that he wants to get back enjoying football again uh, because it's been a while for him. And if he can do that, and and I saw some, the Falkirk released a video today, um, it showed him putting on the new strip and all the rest of it. Looks looks pretty fit, looks happy, looks ready to go. And at League One level, uh, Lee Griffiths should surely be banging in a few goals between now and the end of the season, Craigs. Yeah, well, first of all, Lee Griffiths enjoying his football means scoring goals. Mm. You know, any striker. Yeah. You know, they're not enjoying the football unless they're scoring goals. So that'll be his first thing. He should score goals in League One. If he doesn't score goals in League One, where do you go from there? That's what should be ringing in his head. That's mm. the, the message he should be having to himself. I, you know, I've heard Davy Proven on here and I've heard Barry Ferguson on saying, if someone can get the best out of him, I'm afraid that's gone. You have to want to do it for yourself. This is now all a, a, a psychological battle for Lee Griffiths with himself to try and get the best out of himself. He's got to find something that brings a spark back in him. Naturally, it comes from th- scoring goals. Of course it does, but to maintain his levels, to maintain his fitness, to make sure he's in the team, to make sure he's in peak form, he has to do it now. All that Falkirk can do is give him that platform to go and do it. There has to be a little bit of accountability for him to say, that's my last chance, but I'm 31 or 32 years of age. If I don't do it now and I don't score goals in League One, who's going to take me? What's my next move? So if you want to have a prolonged career for another two or three years, Go to Falkirk, get yourself 10 goals, get them into the playoffs, get them promoted to the championship potentially and suddenly you open the doors for other clubs and all the doubters who think, mm, I don't know if he's got it, I don't know if he's got the appetite, I don't know if he can still score goals. Suddenly they think, oh, he's proved me wrong. Now we can go and take a, not a gamble, now we can go and put a contract in front of him and bring him back to the championship or bring him back to Scotland to the premiership or take him to England. But the ball is in his court, he has to make it happen, no one else will do it for him. Part of that video uh, released by Falkirk today about uh, Lee Griffiths signing for them uh, showed the two free kicks for Scotland against mm. England, which are not so very long ago, a few years back. And, th- and they just remind you in quite a dramatic way when you see that video again of those two two goals flying oh, in yeah. about the the sensational things that he's capable of doing. Craig Gordon 
killed him. So he's nailed himself to the to the line. He's got to come and punch. He's got to come and catch that ball. Harry oh. Kane long pass. Oh, they, oh, you right? Had, had Scotland won the game, you mean? Yeah, yeah but, I mean, but, but, but if he's lived oh, for the rest of his I life, I thought you were talking about the free yeah. kick there. I'm yeah. I, I think, yeah, but, but but I mean, but, but Lee Griffiths still comes out. Whatever the result in the game was, you know, yeah, Lee like Griffiths still comes England out. England with a brace well, at yeah. Hamden. Well, and yeah. he had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And, and then I think it's Kane that gets in. Harry Kane, yeah, yeah. But I think Craig's on his line. I think come and take that. That was my criticism at the start, and I've not changed my mind. But brilliance from Lee Griffiths. Them two free kicks. Was it Gordon Strachan in charge? Yep. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. That just goes to show, doesn't it, what what he was capable of. Yeah. And we've yet to we've yet to see that. Um, you know, in 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 the in yeah, we've seen we've months. seen little flashes. We watched him a few weeks ago. Snippets, Pitodri. Yeah. yeah, he's got well, he's got an absolute belter from thirty yards. But uh, and, and it's just, just it's just every so often you get a little reminder yeah. of, of what he can do. But as you say. He needs to be doing it regularly, and he, and he and he should be doing it playing at that level, Falkirk's mm. level, with the with the greatest of respect. Mm. You know, he should be scoring a so, bundle between now and the end of the season. His big challenge now is everybody in League One sees him as the big guy. I don't mm. mean physically or how mm. They see him as the target. Yeah. I'm going to make sure he doesn't score against me. Mm. I'm going to go and give him a little bit. I'm going to get tight. I'm going to wind him up. I'm going to say just to try and put him off his game because mm -hmm. he's now the big fish, the huge fish in League One. Mm -hmm. Playing there, so and, do you, and are you so saying that's that, another that, challenge? Does that make it difficult for him well, because he's got a target on his back? Well, effectively, but that's another challenge for him. Yeah. He's got to wipe that out. And, you, and the best way to wipe it out easier when you go lower down. I'll mm -hmm. tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because you're not playing with the quality that he was playing with in the Scottish Premiership. You know, they are in the is it League One? League yeah, One, yeah. Yeah. In. yeah. So you might so make that, a good run, but you not, might not get the ball. That's two divisions down. So who's going to play him in? Actually, with that, with that weight to pass, then quality players, quality top players, that's why they're in the Premiership. The reason you're mm -hmm. in League One is mm -hmm. because you're not quite at that level. Yeah. You can work up to that level, of course you can. And there'll be ones that are coming through all the time, through the system, through the academy, and into the first team. And that's when, if you do really, really well, one of the big boys will come and take you. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't get easier as you drop in because of the level of play you're playing So with. you can't get frustrated. Mm. He can't be thinking, oh, you know, that I wouldn't expect that pass or I wouldn't want that to happen. He's got to just remain focused. If the ball's not coming, the passes aren't coming, or if the players are kicking him and the opposition players are saying things, he's got to retain his focus on what he wants out of it, Rob. And he wants out of it to score goals. And he would probably know he'll get a bit more space if the right ball comes in or he gets the opportunity. He's, a, he's an instinctive, natural goal scorer. Mm. So he will, no matter what level Lee Griffiths plays at, he will still have that instinct. So he will get goals, no doubt about it. That, that's just what he has in his makeup. You put him in an 18-yard box and it's and it's a condensed 18-yard, he will find space. There's players who just naturally find that space because that's what they think. The ball. It just it takes them, the, the, their, their mindset takes them into areas of the pitch where they get goals. He will do that. But it's just the other side of it where he can't get frustrated and get caught up in trying to tell players, what just focus on your own job. You're there to score goals, go and do it. And Falkirk will look upon this as the Lee Griffiths being the spark that fires them towards promotion. Uh, possibly, it might have to be... Uh, in the playoffs because Cove Rangers are seven points yeah. clear at the top but when you look at the table uh, Falkirk are in 29 they're in the bottom half at the moment which doesn't look great for them but they're actually only two points away from Queen's Park uh, who yeah. are uh, currently in the last of the playoff positions so that, that would be the target for Falkirk this season to get to in the playoffs to be going a lot better to have Lee Griffiths scoring goals and give themselves a chance of promotion via the playoffs yeah 
I mean, League One is a tight one. I think Cove at the top with Montrose in round there about Airdrie. Airdrie. I, th- Airdrie I think Airdrie is second place. Montrose yeah. is there. Queen's Park are there. Falkirk yeah. are there. So, you know, it's a really tight competitive division. Mm. So, what makes a difference? John will tell you. Goal scorers. No matter what level you play at, every well, they, manager they, wants they, someone who can get goals. They've down as a staff, haven't they, and gone, well, look, we've got a tiny little bit of budget that we, we can get. Um where can we improve? Where can we just have this final sort of surge? Can we get in the playoffs? And he's had, they've had a look at the Griffiths' situation mm. and they've gone, right, this is the one we're going for. Yeah. And that's what they've done. That's what Falkirk It's their last done. throw of the dice for Falkirk this yeah. season, Rob. It's their last throw of the dice. It's to bring in mm. someone of the stature and the profile of Rudy Griffiths to hope that he can give the club a lift, give the players around him a lift. And by scoring goals, it lifts everybody. And it will just lift... You know, you said, if they can arrive in the playoffs with momentum behind mm. them, it's not always a team that finishes second goes up in the playoffs or the team that finishes second bottom from the division above. It's a team who arrives with momentum winning games. And if Falkirk can do that, with the fan base they have and the support they take, then there's no doubt they can get themselves up. Lee Griffiths, of course, is history now as far as Celtic are concerned. He made some impact in his time with the club, but he moves on now, uh, looking to do his stuff for Falkirk. Celtic focusing on their trip to Aberdeen, uh, at Petodri tomorrow night. Ange Postacoglu had his media conference today. We've heard uh, little clips of the Celtic manager already earlier in the show. He was asked about the return of uh, Kyogo and Turnbull. When will that be? To be fair, Dave's obviously closer because his injury happened before um, Kyogo, so he's probably two, three weeks ahead of Kyogo. So, uh, you know, again, I... I haven't put time frames on it because I think it's, um, you know, I could end up being wildly out. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Dave's uh, working hard. Kyogo's working hard. Um, you know, I expect to see Dave before Kyogo. But in terms of the European, um, yeah, they're both in the squad because, um, you know, hopefully they, they're they available at some time for us. I have to say that's an answer that leaves me scratching my head yeah, because uh, because you have to know when David Turnbull's coming back to know when Kyogo's going to be back. So Kyogo is going to be three weeks at a bare minimum. That that would be allowing for David Turnbull being ready to return right now, which I don't think he is. So um... <laughs> he doesn't really want to be saying, "Look, Turnbull's going well. He's ten days away," and then all of a sudden. Mm. Doesn't quite feel like it, but so and I think I think he's right. It's his prerogative what he wants to tell the press. Mm-hmm. When it's going wrong, the press will have no doubt get on his back. Mm-hmm. Martin O'Neill always used to say the one way, the one way to appease everybody, lads, just go and win, just go and win. Mm-hmm. Winning takes care of everything, and Celtic at this moment in time are winning. So Ange's holding all the cards. You know he hasn't got to tell people. You know people are going well. Yeah, we'd like to know, but. Mm-hmm. His team are going fantastically well. At the minute, he hasn't got a rush with Kyogo. Yakamakis mm. is doing well. Maeda's doing great. The team are scoring lots and lots of goals. And he'll want to get him back, obviously, for the final push for the last nine, ten league games because he's an outstanding player. Mm. But he's one to add to the quality that the group are showing right now. Yeah. I mean, we want to... You don't to take an awful lot from... Ange's predictions about players coming back, do you? You know, Kyogo <laughs> was out for quite a while and then played in the cup final, got a double, won the yeah, cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. Callum McGregor had the facial injury, it was going to be quite a while you got, and then you he got played the You've got to love Ange. Yeah. 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 He knows you how know, to deal with the press. For him to know that, you know, he knows saying that, that there's a good chance the players could play next game or the following week. But it, it doesn't get out or, or it's not out. Normally when a player's coming back and, you know, there's chat of the manager says, well, he's not going to be fit. Mm. Normally leaks somewhere. Well, yeah. actually he's been yeah. training for two weeks so he's actually fine. So whatever way he's managed it, they've done really well yeah. to keep that in-house. 
So now when he tells you he might not be fit, you think, oh, he could be fit. Mm. When he tells you, well, he is fit, you think, well, maybe he's not. You know, so yeah. he has the psychology going on, which is a great place to be. As you say, I mean, it's we didn't find out that uh, Callum McGregor. We suspected, but we didn't know for sure that he had a couple of bones broken, yeah. a couple of bones broken in, his, in the cheekbone, cheekbone area until after the game. You know, yeah. we, we, you know, and as you say, in the past, these things just leaked out. But at the moment, it, se- it, it seems like a really tight chip. And and while we in the media uh, are desperate to know, you know, when are they going to be back? When's it going to be? What's the countdown to to returning? All the rest of it. I get the Celtic fans would would be in the same boat as well. Where Celtic not actually flying at the moment, yeah. and actually it because doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. Because just you know, briefly to the Callum McGregor one, but he came on with the wreath for. Um, than Janssen didn't they ahead yes, of Dundee United he did. and he had no mask and he had the big bruise or the back mark down the side of his face and you thought oh, you know that looks quite bad and, he, and there he goes four days later mm. he's absolutely starring in an old firm game mm. so listen Ange has everybody where he wants him which is good for him he has everyone buying into what he's saying what he's doing not press wise his own players and his own team there seems a real unity he seems to bond at everything naturally winning does that and, and, and everybody feeling good does that so he'll want that to continue but with regards to his injury predictions it's hard really to know. And it's, it's Ange's prerogative whether he calls him Turnbull, like us, or Dave. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, exactly. So that's his prerogative. No, exactly. But and, and what's going to happen is that, you know, you were saying, John, maybe eight or nine, the last eight or nine games, that the, the two of them could potentially be back in for... Yeah. And what a time. that Then we're really talking about the business end of the season, aren't we? And if Celtic can keep everybody fit who's playing at the moment and throw those two into and the mix as well... You get in? all your big players available. That's what you want for, you know, the start of March, April. Mm. Um, And then I asked Craigs earlier on in terms of the Rangers midfield. You look at the Celtic midfield with Hatati, McGregor plays, Mm -hmm. Hatati, Rogic, O'Reilly, you know, who plays? Turnbull, Beaton, coming back. Forrest, you know, and it's a great, it's a great headache for the manager, Mm. if you like. Managers love this position. Yeah. You've never got enough quality players, by the way, to choose from. It's when you're looking at your bench and you're thinking, I've got a youngster, I've got an untried youngster, good little player, Montgomery, excellent. When when he's come on, he's done really, really well. You know, Henderson, one or two other young players, you're thinking, yeah, they've got a chance. At this moment in time, I need somebody better. I need somebody with more well, experience away, to they? put in there. Montgomery's yeah. at Aberdeen and Henderson's at Edinburgh. That's what yeah. I mean. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. They could yeah. send these guys yeah, yeah. and they're looking at the bench and that's all I've got. Yeah. But now they're looking at the bench and they're going, by the way, I played good money for him. He's already showed me that he can play in this mm. team. So the quality yeah. of, of that of that substitute and the options that he yeah. has now in a number of positions. We said about Julien coming back mm-hmm. defensively. You know, he's got Juranovic and Ralston competing for that right yeah. back spot. So it's all over the park now, Rob. If everyone's available, John, and I was to say to you, McGregor, Hatate and Rogic, midfield three, Abada and Jota, either side of Kyogo up front, would would that be your front six? Would that would that have to be the front six if you had everyone available? I think so. Kyogo. I think so, Rob. I would absolutely agree with that. I think uh, on the back of how well... Rogic has come back what he was like as well before he went away with his country um, McGregor is a mainstay he has to play mm-hmm. Celtic and Scotland's best midfield player in my eyes and and the form of Hitati and the goals and the impact that he's made take nothing away from Matt O'Reilly and Forrest and Turnbull 
But I think you're right. And then you go Abada. What's she got? 13, 14 Four, goals? What, uh, 14, 14 now. Jota yeah. is outstanding. Yeah. Amazing player. Mm-hmm. And Kyogo, again, what an impact. So I wouldn't imagine that many Celtic fans would disagree with that. It's going to be some title run-in. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, 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 go. You are back with the Go Radio Football Show into the last uh, 15 minutes ahead of uh, some intriguing football to come tomorrow night. We've been updating you in terms of injuries as well. We've been hearing from Ange Postacoglu about the likes of Julian and Kyogo and Turnbull. We've been getting as much of an update as he is willing to give us. Uh, and in terms of Rangers, we heard today from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst that Ryan Jack is injured again, but nothing too serious, he says. He will be out tomorrow night, uh, but he shouldn't be out for too long. That big European game, of course, upcoming uh, against Borussia Dortmund. Aaron Ramsey won't start tomorrow night. Uh, I guess the clever guess would be that he will uh, start at the weekend in the Scottish Cup game at Annan. That might be his opportunity to make his first start for Rangers. And good news as well, Craig, that Philip Hillander yeah. is back in training and he, he could he could feature in that Annan game. Yeah, well, that's something that, you know, Giovanni van Bronckhorst will have wondered a little bit more strength and depth in that area because uh, Calvin Bassey had a tough... Old firm game. He had a couple of mistakes against Ross County in the game prior to that. Uh, so he's now moved from the left back. So we're just having Leon Balogun back and he looked much better in the second half than what Bassi was. Just having that competition for places. You know, John's talking about Celtic players coming back and having competition for places. Rangers will be the exact same. They want strength and depth. They want not just midfield players and forward players. They need... And to be fair, Conor Golson, as always, plays games. People criticise him now and again, but he plays games continually. Him and Bassi were the two central defenders. So just to have that third option just to mix it up and again just rest people and bring them in and out just gives them that little bit of extra cover Right looking ahead to uh, tomorrow night's games uh, then Aberdeen Celtic Dundee United Motherwell Hearts Dundee Rangers Hibs Ross County Livingston St Mirren against St Johnston maybe the chance as well to speak about the, the five substitutes rule which has been uh, picking up a bit of attention John was telling us earlier on the show about the five who came on for Celtic at the weekend this was Ange Postacoglu when he was quizzed about the five subs rule is it fair? I mean if you look at the last two games it's not the five subs that have made the difference because we've, we've scored three goals in the first half it's not like as you said the, the subs for me help us in, in terms of just managing the, the load on our players because we've got three games a week right up until the international break so that's and we'll probably be the same after the international break so that's a lot of football and if we want to maintain levels and maintain, you know, intensity and tempo, you know, we're going to have to manage our players through that process. Now, sometimes that's going to mean we can make five subs. Other times it might just mean we, we rotate the players between games. Um, but again, you've got to have the squad to do that. And, and we're getting to that space now where we've got a core group of players beyond the, the just 11 that are starting who we can manage through this process. So, you know, from that perspective, in terms of managing the players' loads, which protects the players I think the, the five sub rule will definitely help I'm not sure everyone agreed to it Craggs um, I don't no. think Motherwell agreed no, to it didn't, didn't, didn't no. they but obviously enough clubs went with it to, to yeah. carry it through which is strange just because I think it does favour the big clubs and I'm not having a go at Celtic for it because they voted how they wanted to vote and, and, and it's came as it is um, but also you know the fact that yes they can manage players and they can manage players loads but it also takes away the potential for a team to get back into a game you know 
Okay, half time was probably finished at Motherwell, but for that 10 or 15 minutes in the second half, Celtic had a little bit of a lull just because, mm. you know, they're in front. That happens, you take your foot off the gas. Motherwell become a little bit more energetic. So then they go and make two or three subs and just kill the game and bring on the same quality of player, but with a fresh energy about them. It also means, you know, Ange asks so much of his players, just because we're talking about Celtic, we're not talking about any other club, but uh, just because he asks so much of his players, intensity. So once it starts to drop, he can go make five changes in half a team. You know, it's quite a lot, half a team. Mm. And then if you throw into the mix two uh, concussion subs, you can make seven substitutions potentially in a game. Mm -hmm. You know, that's quite a lot. And the smaller clubs, you know, they're fighting as it is against Rangers and Celtic with the big squads and the big resources, you know, to then suddenly think that you're taking off, uh, who did take off, uh, Jagamakis, for example, and brought on Giotta. Stephen O'Donnell must have thought, oh, really? Yeah. You know, so, mm -hmm. listen, it goes into their favour. They're playing to it. They, didn't, they don't make the rules. They vote for what they think. I just think the other clubs should have thought a little bit more about it. It's also got an ongoing impact as well, you would think, um, for, for the clubs with the bigger squads, the higher quality squads, because it, it means it's not just in a particular game, but ongoing, it means that Celtic can take players off after 60 or 70 minutes, yes. get them get them rested up, recharged, expend a little bit less energy on their behalf, and so they're that bit fresher for the next game. Yes, but it's not Celtic's fault. No. No, I said that as well. No, it's not. No, but you would wonder why other clubs would vote I for this. absolutely get your point. I think it favours the larger squads, the larger squads with lots of quality. It favours the ones who are coming back from injury that are not quite ready to start, but you can give them 25, 30 minutes towards the back end of the game. And uh, I totally, totally get your point. And uh, if the other smaller clubs, if you like, if I can call them smaller clubs, you know, they have to bring on academy players or other players that are not quite at the level of the first team. They're going to suffer because, as you alluded to, Craigs, towards the end of the game, you can almost make three or four changes mm -hmm. and it's four quality players mm -hmm. that's going to, again, hurt you, as we've seen in the last couple of games for Celtic. But it's by no means Celtic fault. They no. they don't break. They don't. They don't make. Not, the rules not Rangers and, and no, you know. Rangers. Obviously. They don't do it. The town clubs down south. You just, it's, not, it's not Man City's no. fault. You no. just think you, you, you wonder know? why smaller clubs would vote for something that helps mm -hmm. overwhelming favourites anyway. Mm -hmm. You want to try and keep as many things in your favour as you possibly could. You can't compete financially. You can't compete with regards quality with depth of squad. So what to do then is just try and not hinder them, but try and help yourself. So it, it, it kind of limits the number but, but of the other, but the other side of that is as well, if you do look at a positive side, for the Celtic and the Rangers, to the bigger teams, if you like, to stay in competitions for longer and to give you quality football week in, week out, so you're not absolutely blitzing the players in terms of mm -hmm. overloading them and, and their workload, yeah. It that's also the bonus side of, of, of having to make five subs because it helps clubs possibly get injuries if somebody's complaining on the pitch after after an hour you can almost go look come off we've got mm. we've got somebody to come on instead of you so there's there's positives to it as well i see that but it's not it's not the bigger club's fault that this has happened no. this is a rule that's come in yeah. Um, no, but the likes and, of Dundee. The clubs with the biggest squads. You think the likes can, of Dundee can, can capitalize on no. it? Mm. But Dundee and St Johnson and Ross County, for example, I have no idea what way they voted, but they're fighting for their lives mm. and they're needing to pick up points. You know, if they come up against one of the whole firm, they're almost giving them a little bit of an edge. It means they can make five subs. If you happen to be beating them or you're in front of them, they can just keep rotating and rotating until they get 
players on that eventually they can see you off because they're you know, quality of players. So, listen, it is what it is. It's in place. We deal with it. But I just thought it was a strange decision from. And you can only play eleven at the one time. Still, that rule you hasn't that rule. Eleven good ones. Eleven good <laughs> ones. You've got yeah. twenty-two good ones. It's, it's much better. Exactly. Is it thirteen goals, Craig? Am I right in saying that Celtic have conceded thirteen in and twenty-five in the, games. in the Premiership this season? It really is a remarkable statistic, isn't it? Because we focus so much on uh, what Celtic do going forward, and that is spectacular and effective enough but uh, just think on that uh, 25 25 games played in the league uh, 60 points on the board 13 goals uh, conceded and still a lot of Celtic fans point the finger at Starfelt and wonder if that Starfelt Carter Vickers is the best partnership defensively they can come up with the stats speak in Celtic's favour um, and here's the, the manager explaining how Celtic go about defending from my perspective it's it's about you know, the way we sort of defend as a team, you know, I think it's not just that we're conceding goal, not conceding goals, but we're not giving up too many chances, you know, and, and that's because we're working awfully hard as a group. It'd be different if sort of Joe was making outstanding saves every game. And for me, you know, sometimes that can mask real problems because when your goalkeeper's man of the match, you might say, well, you know, you've kept a clean sheet, your goalkeeper's man of the match, but that's not necessarily mean you defended well. Um, so for me, everything we try and do in, in the defensive side of the game is about trying to do it as a collective. And we've been really good at working hard. I mean, our strikers work hard, midfielders. And then when required, our defenders and, and Joe are really disciplined um, to keep their concentration because they're not always involved in a defensive sense. You know, whenever we've needed Joe to make a save, he's made a save. That's kind of combination is what we need to sort of, you know, keep improving on. Celtic will take their very effective system to Pataudry tomorrow night. Rangers at home to Hibs. Giovanni van Bronckhorst. I think a similar game in you know in in, in system wise. You know they played uh, Hibs played Hearts um, last week with the same systems with five in the back. Uh, you know we are prepared well, and uh, you know we all also know we had a you know a tough a tough game when we were last time. Uh, playing hips away. It's a new game, but, um, you know, our main objective is um, the way we um, we are and behave ourselves. And that has to be the same as we we had on uh, on Sunday against Hearts. Is it going to be similar tomorrow night as Sunday, John Hartson? Are, are Aberdeen and Hibs both going to get blown away by Celtic and Rangers? Potentially they could, on the back of uh, well Celtic and Rangers performed at the weekend. But then again, this has given Aberdeen, they have to respond from losing... To Livingston at the weekend, um, you know Hibs under Sean Maloney will want to want to do better and want to start picking up results sooner rather than later. So the teams would have had an opportunity to watch to settle and to get over the the bad results that they've had. Saligan Rangers, of course, will want to continue steamrolling teams, playing with great flair like they both did, scoring lots and lots of goals, two clean sheets as well for both clubs. So. Um, Am I expecting it to be the same? No, I don't think it'll be four and five again. But uh, of course, you know, Ange will be looking for that. Um, but I just think, I think the teams have had a bit of time to have a look at it. The teams are up against yeah. and think, look, we don't want to drop in. We don't want to drop in. And I think they'll get their tactics right and not make it four. Craig's, how are you seeing it? Two wins. No doubt about it. I think uh, two emphatic wins. I think Rangers may be a bit more comfortable than Celtics will because Aberdeen have a point to prove. But on current form, Two wins for the old firm. 
Thank you very much, uh, Craggs. Thank you, John, uh, as well. Thank you for listening. It's uh, two hours that's gone really quickly. Uh, so those big games tomorrow night, Aberdeen Celtic, Rangers Hibs, Dundee United, Motherwell Hearts, Dundee, Ross County, Livingston, St Mirren, St Johnston. We're back with another Go Radio football show tomorrow. Uh, Barry and Davey alongside Paul Live at five. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot all under one roof ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.